Welcome to Your Life, Your Purpose, a show dedicated to helping you live with greater power and purpose in your life by taking action. Action. Now, your host, a man who needs no introduction, Brandon Allen. All right, so I want to welcome everyone to this week's installment of Your Life, Your Purpose here on BuildYourSoulPurpose.com. As always, this is your host, Brandon Allen, and I am excited to bring you another fantastic business podcast this week. So uh, in keeping with the theme that I've had here recently, talking about the brain, talking about habits, uh, I want to spend a little bit of time on culture and the culture of your business. And culture is one of those things that's relevant to your business, whether you're teeny tiny, uh, one-person operation, to a multi-billion dollar corporation. And one of the things that I see, and the reason why it's so important to talk about this, is far too often leaders in organizations, and I don't care what size the organization is, are way too content to allow the culture of their business to be uh, just to, to kind of happen by default versus happening by design. And Today, I want to talk about three specific elements of your culture that you can do, regardless of the size of your business, to really change the culture and to create the type of culture that you want. And the first thing that I want to talk about is accountability. And accountability is a tough thing for people in that you have a lot of people that, and this may be you for sure, is that there's a lot of people who are people pleasers or people who just, they want to be the nice guy or even they don't want to really put forth the effort or energy to hold people accountable to hold people accountable. So, you know, for people who don't want to put forth the the effort and energy, it's look, I I've already told them once, I don't feel like I have to tell them again. Like I shouldn't have to do that. Well, the reality is is that you do have to do that, and that's just part of holding people accountable. If 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 we didn't have to if we only had to tell people once every single time, uh we would never have this conversation about accountability because there would it would just be irrelevant. But the second piece to that is the people pleaser aspect is you know I don't want to be mean. Like I don't I don't want to ruin the relationship by holding people accountable. But accountability is a huge piece of culture because when we hold people accountable and we do it in the right way that's healthy, then we start creating the kind of uh, healthy productivity and and people really working together and striving for results that every organization wants. Everyone wants people who are engaged in the process, everyone who's working hard um, to get the results that we're looking for. And, and as I've done studies on how we help people with this, um, there's some things that we can do. And I'll, I'll talk about that when I, when I mention the other points that can really keep you know, how do we keep people uh, accountable to themselves? And what does that look like? Well, part of that is there's some specific things that we can do to, to really assist in that. Um, and, and those are things that we need to be aware of. So, so we're going to get into that. So, you know, take a look at your accountability and how good of a job are you doing holding people accountable? Are you consistent? Are you timely? Are you professional? You know, all those things that go into accountability to make sure that when you say things, that it's real. That, that people understand that, look, I'm not just saying it to say it, I mean it. And a lot of times what people are trying to do when they, test your, when they test your authority by not doing things and they force you to hold them accountable is they want to see how serious you are about doing this. But there's a couple of things that we can do to assist in this beyond accountability. 
And the first one is freedom. The ironic thing about this is, is that our tendency is to micromanage. And our tendency to micromanage really comes from this hero syndrome of people really wanting to step in and, and save the day and be important, right? We micromanage sometimes because we uh, we think like it's because it's the only way we're going to get things done. But, you know, we tend to micromanage because uh, we're really trying to see if, if we need to step in and, and, and really do things. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've read some great articles on hero syndrome, and it's something that leaders have to fight, right? It causes us to uh, fear not delegating properly. We micromanage. We set people up to fail, uh, not intentionally. We hire people who are broken, thinking that we can step in and fix and save the day, right? I mean, we, we all have been guilty of this, and we all do it, right? So freedom, though. Freedom is kind of counterintuitive. The more autonomy and freedom that we give people, and, and when we really allow people to own what it is that they do, the more likely they are to hold themselves accountable and hold themselves to a higher standard. And the whole key with habits that, that I've learned in, in the research that I've been doing is that willpower is the ultimate key. And willpower is, and if uh, Tim and I talked about this, uh, Tim Brownson, uh, in an interview I did a couple weeks ago, but willpower is such a huge component and it's something that's often overlooked. We can set ourselves up to, uh, to, to fail or succeed. For instance, with willpower, uh, why do people say you should work out in the morning? Okay. Well, that's a willpower issue. Okay. If I work out in the morning when I'm fresh and I haven't really been doing anything yet, I'm more likely to have the energy to do it. But when we ask our, what happens to us when we try to work out after work? And I don't care how much you love your job and everything else. It's irrelevant. When we try to work out after work, that does not work for a lot of people. Why? Because we don't have the willpower. I mean, we've, we've been using what willpower we have at work. Okay? So doing those things that may be harder for us from a willpower standpoint, like working out, it's important to start that in the morning to make sure that we actually take the time to do it. And we have the willpower to do it. So the same thing is true when we, when we allow people certain freedom and autonomy to get things done. It actually helps them with their willpower and it helps them conserve things because actually they use less willpower to do things that they have autonomy over and are delegated appropriately to uh, then things that where we just uh, what I call uh, relegate versus delegate, where we just give people tasks to do. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. Hey, I need you to do this. Hey, can you do this report? Hey, can you get this to me by the end of the day? Hey, hey, do this, do that, do that all day long. That's what leaders and managers are doing to people all day long. Relegating, relegating, relegating. Here's something to do. Here's something to do. Here's a task. Here's a task. Then we wonder later when we when we put them in a position to think. We wonder why why don't they think? It's like crap, we haven't given them an opportunity to think. They don't even know how, because all we do is tell them what to do all day. So freedom is a huge part of doing this, and it allows them to have the willpower to do things and get things done. Willpower is important, and willpower is something that can be developed, uh, you know, just like, uh, just like muscles can be developed. Um, but we have to put ourselves in those smart positions. So then we're, we're coming back to the workout example when we develop willpower. Well, the more we start working out in the morning, the more we get in the habit of working out and the more then we could skip a morning workout and do a workout after work because we're now, we've now developed that habit and we've done that. Now we can trust ourselves to actually work out at a later time even though we've worked all day. And that's how willpower works. But that comes from freedom and giving people autonomy to do their jobs.
Uh, and if you've read the book Drive by Daniel Pink, Daniel Pink talks about that being one of the three main drivers of why people are motivated at work, okay? So the, the third thing with creating a culture and being intentional that I think is so critical, okay? So we've already talked about accountability. We've already talked about freedom is growth and allowing people to grow and putting, putting them in a position to grow, right? I mean, how often have we... How often do you see people that work in an organization and they're doing the same thing over and over again? It's like Groundhog Day. You know, if you've seen that movie with Bill Murray, you wake up in the morning, the alarm clock glows off at the same time, it's the same music playing, and you just go through your day and the same things keep happening. Well, this is a lot of people's reality for their jobs, but we can inspire culture of more accountability and more freedom when we allow people to grow and we allow them to develop. And, and that comes from sitting down with people that work for us and, ask, and, and, and finding out what they want. What are their personal goals? What are their career goals? Um, do we know? Do we ask? How do we, how do we motivate people when we don't even know what they want? It's impossible to do that. Um, just wielding a, a large stick to enforce behavior does not work. So how do, we, how do we put people into position to growth? And this is, something, this is something in larger organizations that people literally put together uh, personal development plans or personal growth plans for individual employees. And what, what might that look like? You know, let's say that you have someone that works for you that wants to learn a new skill or wants to really get more involved in a certain area of your business. Well, we don't know those things unless we ask. And then when we look at that, we say, okay, how can we give those people the training that they need so they can assist us with that, right? How do we empower them now? How do we give them the knowledge to empower them to now move forward with that? Because look, the more responsibility that they want to take on, uh, the more I can really operate in my top five activities and what it is that I do best. But, and, and those are the things that I want people to learn. Hey, do you want to be a better speaker? Do you want to learn more about X, Y, and Z? Do you want to be a better writer? What are, what are those things that you could do that actually could bring some value to my business that if I got you some training on would actually impact our business for the positive and give you a better attitude? Better attitude means a better culture. And so think about this. I mean, if you spent time educating people, let's, pay, let's say you spent $2,000 a year on your team's education and personal development. What kind of an impact do you think that would make on people? Because here's the thing that I know. We sure spend a lot of time in college learning about a lot of things that, you know, I, I guess uh, the argument that I always hear about college, and I'm not banging on college. I went to college, but um, I guess I'm banging on college a little bit. I shouldn't say I'm not banging on it. But, um, you know, one thing I hear is, you know, we take a lot of useless classes. I mean, for instance, geology. I took geology in college. I hated that class, and I saw no discernible benefit thereafter didn't do not remember a single thing that I learned in geology, not one thing. I, I am completely geology stupid. But what I hear from people, the argument is, is college is a time to learn how to think. And college is a time to learn how to do some of these things. And I say, that's great. Um, I don't know if it's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans to do that. When I can send them to a training that can teach them some of these things for a much cheaper cost than, than what they would pay in college. So, you know, here's this continuing education that you're giving these people that creates a huge impact for them in, in later parts of their lives. But the problem is we don't spend enough time with our team to really figure out what do they want and how can I make their life better? How can I make you grow as a person? 
and think about all the experiences that you've had in your life where you've gotten the opportunity to grow. It could be a mentorship. It could be college. It could be a seminar that you went to, a, a training, and that's really better, bettered your life for the positive. Don't you just get good feelings about that? Isn't that awesome? Don't you think about those people that taught you life lessons? Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your grandparents. Maybe it's your brother. Maybe it's your sister. Isn't it awesome to just think about those relationships that we've had and how appreciative you are of, of those times where people really took time to invest in your personal growth? Um, you know, I, I think about those relationships in my own life. My own grandfather, uh, who passed away a few years ago, I will always remember the time he spent investing in my own personal development education by teaching me just what he knew. And, and, and passing that on to me, work ethic habits, different things like that that I'll appreciate and I look back fondly on forever. And you can play that same role in, in your office, in your business, by helping people grow and really helping them push past uh, their own barriers and limitations to be the type of people that they didn't even know existed, right? How exciting is that? I mean, we do that. You know, I work with a lot of healthcare practitioners, so how awesome is it that you to get to do that for people in the healthcare region? But boy, what if you did that for someone's career? Isn't that equally as rewarding? That's awesome. I love to help people do that. That's why I'm a coach is because I love helping people push past what they thought was possible to really help them see new horizons and really give them, uh, help give them the tools to be able to do that for themselves long term. Um, so think about that. So if you want to create a culture, if you want to be intentional about the culture, if you want to be real intentional about you know the habit of creating that culture think about those three impact activities and they're they're not the only activities that you can do for culture but there are three big ones if you focused on these you'd create a huge impact and again those are accountability freedom or autonomy and growth and and look at those in your own business how have you done a good job with those what are some ways that you can improve as we talk about this look you don't have to improve everything tomorrow just look for one or two areas that you want to improve for this year that will make a huge impact on your culture and make the people better around you, which will then automatically spread itself out to the external people around your organization. So think about how you can do that. Take those one or two items, look at implementing those into your business, and remember that uh, your culture and, and how things operate in your business, as a small business owner, you're the driver of that. So you have a lot of influence on, on the culture and what goes on. So uh, if, if you're concerned about that, think about some ways that you can change that and, and how you can be more of a catalyst for change when it comes to culture. So again, you can check me out on buildyoursoulpurpose.com. Leave comments. If you have any questions, hit me up. I'm happy to help you in any way possible. And uh, again, I want to thank you for listening this week. And uh, we will talk to you again soon. Thank you again. This is Brandon Allen for Your Life, Your Purpose. 